Well, good morning, Connection. So glad that you've joined us on this special Sunday where we're highlighting our youth. And if you're joining us online, we're so glad that you're able to to join us in worship today. And and today we're, we're celebrating what this church has accomplished in order to create a community where the youth feel included and feel loved. So I have a question for you to start with. How many of you have ever shared a room with a sibling? Yeah, I hear some, I hear some. So how many of you enjoyed sharing a room with your sibling? A few, a few. Some, some are uncertain. So from the time that my younger brother Briar was able to talk, me and him shared a room. We had a set of bunk beds, and Briar, whenever he was little, he occupied the bottom bunk, and I occupied the top bunk. And then by the time that Briar got old enough to be able to climb the ladder by himself, he decided that he was a big boy, and he wanted to have the top bunk. So we, we, we changed. And now the thing that you need to know about me and Briar is that we're quite different in all the ways that you can expect. Briar was the type of guy who had RC cars, he had WWE posters on the wall, John Cena everywhere. Just John Cena everywhere. Yeah, he had BB guns, he had you know, all kinds of Nerf guns, he had a coonskin hat hanging on the gun rack in our room. And he had relatively few rules for his space. You know, he, he didn't mind for there to be clutter and that sort of thing. But for me, things were a little bit different. I was the type of kid, I liked to create things, I, I, I had a system for most everything. And the thing you need to know about my systems is that nobody else knew about the systems but me. So, and if, for me, I felt like things would operate best whenever there were systems in place and that whenever things were clean and whenever things were tidy. So as far as I was concerned, my stuff was my stuff. My side of the room was my side of the room, and Briar's side of the room was his side of the room. So thus, as you can imagine, there were often moments when fights would ensue over literally the smallest things. Briar would wear one of my shirts, and I would get so angry at him because that's my shirt, Briar. You're not supposed to wear my stuff. Or his stuff would be in my dresser, or his stuff would be in my part of the closet. And so living with me what was essentially difficult for Briar. And living with Briar was essentially difficult for me. And what I needed Briar to know about me is that as long as he stays over there in, in his corner, as long as he keeps to himself, then I'll keep to myself, and things will be just fine. If you keep all of your stuff, you keep all of yourself out of this shared space that I consider mine, then things would run smoothly. That was all fine and dandy until one night, Briar and I, we were still sharing a room, and a big storm had come through. And the occasional flashes of lightning in the room made you wonder what was hiding in the closet or, you know, what was um, lurking underneath the bed. And, you know, as our young imaginations, we could dream up some some pretty crazy things. So eventually, I I was scared enough of my own imagination that I whispered up to Briar. I said, hey, you want to come down to the bottom bunk and, and sleep with me. And of course, he was just as scared as I was of the storm and what was under the bed or what was in the closet. So he quickly climbed down into my bed. And although the storm continued around us, we both experienced a sense of safety and a sense of community that alleviated our fears of the monsters under the bed and the monsters in the closet. See, what happened, it was whenever I made my space available to Briar, that we both experienced the great comfort of a next-level community. And you see, that's what happens whenever we approach this community idea with an other-focused mentality. The mentality that says, you are welcome over here in my space, you're welcome over here in my space, 
is the mentality that creates a next level community. And the cool thing is that for us, for the church, God's design for us is a lot more like Breyer's approach than it was for my approach. The church is designed to take the, this individualized and upside down community that we see in our society and it turns it right side up in a way that is quite radical and took the standard of community to the next level for us. So what we see is that God's church is a next level community. God's church is a next level community and we are designed to take care of one another through radical generosity. And what we see is that the church in, in, in the book of Acts, they were deeply communal. They took this upside down individualized approach to humanity and they flipped it around in a way that was quite radical for them in their time and it took the, the standard of community to the next level for them. And because of this community that we see in Acts, they became an unstoppable movement. And 2,000 years later, 2,000 plus years later, we are still experiencing the fruits of their labor. We are still carrying the same message, God's relentless love for all of humanity. But what we learned last week is that this church, they didn't do this on their own. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that made this exponential impact possible. Brian emphasized last week that whenever we live by God's power, the power of the Holy Spirit, things start to happen and things start to change to maximize our impact on a hurting world that needs to know the love of God, that needs to feel the affection that God has for them. A next level community is one way that we make this impact possible. And what we see happen for the early church is the same thing that can happen for us today. And what happens for the early church is unity in the Holy Spirit creates a radical community of love. Unity in the Holy Spirit creates a radical community of love. So we'll check out what happens for them whenever they're unified in the Spirit. We're looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 31 through 37. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open that up to it, or you can check out the, the QR code. It'll take you right to it if you scan that QR code. So looking at verses 31 through 33, this is what Luke, the author, writes. He says, Whenever they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and one mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they held everything in common, and with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. So what we see is that, is that at the, as the Holy Spirit was unleashed, the early church, they cultivated this attitude of love that made all of themselves their possessions, their time, their resources, their relationships, made those things available to each and every brother, regardless of societal divisions, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of social class. They now operated out of, out of this mindset that, that was eager and was actually looking for ways that they can improve the lives of other people, ways that they can make other people feel loved make other people feel taken care of. The focus was no longer on how can I stay comfortable over here in my area. The focus was on how can I make sure that somebody else in this community is taken care of? How can I make sure that somebody else feels the love of God? Now, there are two contemporary examples of this that we see in our world today. And I recently started working at the Starbucks just down the road, started as a barista. And 
in the onboarding process, um, the manager, she took me through all of the benefits that, that Starbucks employees have. And the one that was most amazing to me was it's what they call the cup fund. And basically, the cup fund is it's, it's called Caring Unites Partners. And essentially what happens is that partners all over the world, they opt to put a small amount of their earnings, it's just 25 cents, into a fund. And then Starbucks employees all over the world have access to this fund if they find themselves in some sort of need. All they have to do is apply for it. So what we see they do here, what ends up happening is that the small contribution that several people make makes a really big impact for somebody who needs to feel loved, for somebody who finds themselves in this situation. And another example of this is what a Tennessee woman did to improve the lives of people who were suffering during the pandemic. And so this Tennessee woman, inspired by the popular kids song, um, We're Going on a Bear Hunt. I don't know if any of you remember that. I remember that from kindergarten. Uh, she took to Facebook and she asked her neighbors to place teddy bears in the windows of, of their homes so that whenever families would go on walks, whenever families would go out to just get some fresh air during the pandemic, they could entertain their kids by going on a bear hunt, finding all the bears that they could find in the windows. And she told Time Magazine that within hours, everybody in their community was responding and wanting to join in. And she explained that this went so far that people were actually putting bear prints on the sidewalk. And it became a special event for families during quarantine to go out and go on a bear hunt. So what we see is that a time of, of, of widespread hurt, a time of widespread loneliness, was remedied in a very small way by widespread community. And in both cases, the cup fund at Starbucks and going on a bear hunt, the mentality of the community shifted from how can, how can I, what, what can I do to get what I need to how can I make sure that somebody else is taken care of in a hard situation? And you see, this is what the Holy Spirit does for us if we allow him to do it. He takes our, our me mentalities our own understandings, our prejudices that cause us to establish boundaries, and he turns those mentalities into a we mentality, a community-focused mentality. And this is the mentality that's on the lookout for how can I improve the life of someone else? How can I improve the life of someone else? Because this is what a next-level community says. It says, I will show you I love you by making myself available to you my time, my possessions, and even my humanity. I will make myself available to you to show you that I love you. And the only way that we can see, we can develop a community like this, like we see in the early church, is to make ourselves available to the people that exist around us. And sometimes this does mean sharing our possessions. Sometimes this does mean sharing our resources. But what this always means is sharing our humanity. And what I mean by that is, it's very simple. It means sharing a compliment. It means sharing a smile with somebody. It means sharing a, a good word. It means maybe opening your home up to somebody to have a meal together. It means inviting somebody out for coffee. Because whenever we listen to people's stories, whenever we share our stories in community, that's when things go to the next level. Because a radical community of love requires from us sacrificial generosity. A radical community of love requires from us sacrificial generosity. 
And we see this again in Acts 4, verses 34 and 35. This is what the author writes. He says, For there was not a needy person among them, because all of those who owned land and houses, they sold them. They brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person as any had need. So what the church does here is is kind of radical. It's pretty next-level community. There was literally not a needy person among them because anyone who had plenty was sharing in their plenty. Their community was so radical that they were willing to give up their property. They were willing to give up spaces in their homes to ensure that the community of Christ followers was taken care of. I know that sounds pretty bizarre, and I, and I think the important thing here is to understand that whenever we read things in the book of Acts, it's a historical account. They're not necessarily commands, and it's not necessarily even an example that God is saying, you have to follow this to be a Christian. Because no one, God, and not even, not even the church, we're not asking or even requiring you to give away all your things. There's actually only one instance in Scripture where God asks somebody to give up all, all other things, and that's in the Gospel of Luke whenever Jesus talks to the rich young ruler, and he tells him, go and sell all your things, and then come and follow me. And the only reason he does that is because he knows that in order for this man to be in community, to love people well, is he has to give up his things. So the point is, no one's, no one's asking you to give away all of your things. That's impractical, and that's unrealistic. The point of the text is, is not to to get you to, to give more money and all that stuff. It's not even about money at all. But what God does ask us and what God is communicating, communicating through this text is to be generous with what you have. Be generous with your time, with your resources, with yourself. Because a radical community of love requires from us sacrificial generosity. And the best part about this, and this is, this is my favorite part, the best part about this is that you guys Connection Christian Church, you guys are already phenomenal at this. There are so many ways in which this community of people who love Jesus has already cultivated a radical community of love through sacrificial generosity. And let me just give you some examples of this. One example of this is, is what you've already accomplished through the Daring Faith campaign. And if you're unfamiliar with what the Daring Faith campaign is, it's a commitment that this church made about a year and a half ago to improve the lives of the, the next generation here at Connection Christian Church to improve the lives of, of youth in, in our community. And because of your sacrificial generosity and because of the community that you guys have cultivated here, this church has provided adequate and qualified staffing for a more robust and a more defined spiritual development pathway for our youth. And that's a lot of words just to tell you that our youth group rocks. We have, we have so many stories that we could share about how our students have matured in their faith, how they have found a safe place for them to be open about what they're experiencing in their lives, to to wrestle with the hard questions of faith. We have set record numbers of students hearing the message of Christ here at Connection Christian Church in our classrooms this year. We've developed incredible systems for our youth volunteers to create meaningful relationships with our students, to create community with our students. Our youth space was improved. It created a a space where youth could feel comfortable and feel invited. And in addition to our youth, our online church has been updated. And and we've set a standard, and that standard just keeps going up for our online church. And if you're wondering why the online church is so important, 
It's because that there are people that, that are sitting in this room right now with you that they found our church first online. They watched our service online, and because they had a seamless experience online, they thought, these people are pretty cool. We're, we're going to go, and we'll probably have a seamless experience in person. And not only that, our online church has created a platform for people to hear the gospel, for people to hear about how much they are beloved of God all over the country, and potentially all over the world. We've got small group leaders who, who are serving in this community. We've got children's teachers who are serving in this community. We've got hub volunteers who are serving in this community. And hopefully you were greeted this morning by one of our youth. We have greeters that serve each week. And, and I won't even get into all the details of how, uh, of how welcome that you guys have made me feel in this community just within the last few months. There are people experiencing their belovedness at Connection Christian Church because of your contribution of sacrificial generosity in this radical community of love. There are students who, who have found a safe place to wrestle with hard questions, to deconstruct their faith so that we can reconstruct it again. There are lives being changed in small groups because someone stepped out in sacrificial generosity and made their home available to lead a small group each week. There's no doubt that the Holy Spirit is moving in big ways in this community of Jesus lovers through, radi through a radical community of love. But even so, that there's still more work to be done. And what we see in, in, in the book of Acts is that a next level community starts with you. A next level community starts with you. And in Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37, we read about this guy named Joseph, and he was a Levite from Cyprus by birth, and he's the one that the apostles called Barnabas. And Barnabas basically just means son of encouragement. And what Barnabas does is he sells a field, and he brought all the money, and he lays it at the apostles' feet. So what we see for, for Barnabas is that participation in this community of love became real. Barnabas was moved by the work of the Holy Spirit, and Barnabas took a concrete and a tangible action to improve the lives of the people that exist around him, to facilitate a community of love which benefited somebody in need. Barnabas showed next-level community by making himself available to others. Barnabas made, showed next-level community by making himself available to others. So what we see very clearly in, in this passage of Acts is that next-level community, it starts with you. It starts whenever we make ourselves available to the people that go to church with us. It starts whenever we make ourselves available to the people that exist around us. And you see, it's whenever we're in community, and it's whenever we're sharing our stories and listening to stories, that the good news of God's favor for humanity makes the most impact on a hurting world. And if, if, if you're not connected here at Connection, I, I, want, I want you to commit today to figuring out how to get connected in some way here at Connection Christian Church. There are endless possibilities for how you can get connected here and get, develop, get, get developed in community. And that's my challenge for you, is find a place to get connected with, in community with us. And here's how you can do it. The one thing that we are always going to tell you to do every week is stop by the hub 
The, the hub is the central point in which, which all of the communication, all, all of the things, anything that you want to learn about Connection Christian Church, that happens at the hub. The second thing that I would encourage you to do is join a small group. Get involved with a, a small group of people in which you can share life together, which you can share your struggles with, with other Christians, other people who can say, yeah, me too. I know what you're saying. Let's pray about it. Let's talk about it together. And how can you get connected in, in a small group? Just go to the hub. Just go to the hub. The third thing I would encourage you to do is find a place to serve. And because it's Youth Sunday, I can say this. Our children's ministry is exploding. Like, we have more kids than we even know what to do with some Sundays. We're running out of room. And while we're running out of room, we're also running out of volunteers. So if you're gifted in, in serving children and teaching children, we need you. We have a spot for you to get connected in community here at Connection Christian Church through serving. And where do you get connected to, with serving? Go to the hub, right? Yeah, catching on. All right, and the fourth thing I would encourage you to do is reach out to a pastor. If you have a decision that you need to make for Christ, or, or maybe you just need to talk through um, this, this whole Jesus thing, and, and maybe it doesn't make sense to you, we want to talk to you about it. We would love to talk to you about what's going on. You can, you can talk to Pastor Brian, you can talk to Pastor Jeff, or you can even talk to me. Um, and where can you find a pastor? In the hub, right? So there's a theme here. If you want to get connected in community at Connection Christian Church, the place that you must go is the hub. And I would encourage you, do not leave without talking to somebody in the hub. We have volunteers back there who are ready and willing to get you connected, ready to pray for you, ready to hear your story and see where you best fit for us here at Connection Christian Church and community. Because what we see is that next level community starts whenever you join a small group. Next level community starts whenever you volunteer in children's or anywhere. It starts whenever you invite a friend into your home. It starts even whenever you greet somebody you've never met here at Connection Christian Church. It starts whenever we take time to love someone by sharing our experiences sharing in, in, in this thing, this confusing thing that we call life. Because what happens is whenever we each individually move generously, we all move generously together and we maximize kingdom impact. We maximize the people who can hear about the love of God. So, so if, if that's you, we, we would love to connect with you today. So after the service, make sure you stop by the hub and get connected with somebody. Let's pray. Dear Father, your name is great throughout all the earth. You have covered the heavens in your majesty. And God, we thank you so much that you have given us a body of believers. You have given us a next level community to, to share in our hurts, to share in, in our struggles and God, to just celebrate with. And Father, today I pray that your Holy Spirit would empower us to take this next step in next level community. I pray that you would help us to, to be increasingly on the lookout for how we can improve the lives of those who exist around us in this community that you bless us with.
Father, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.